Yo, what's up guys? JB here. Today is Saturday. It is 11 o'clock at night, 11 p.m. Eastern time at least, and it is one week after the relaunch of Theory 11. Uh, this time last week, we were stressed out of our minds, fixing code, fixing glitches and bugs, and uh, what do you know? We still are. Um, but we last week, this time last week, we released our new site. We released a bunch of new products at once, Smoke, Sentinels, Colorblind, uh, Invisible Deck thing with uh, Just Incredible, Coin One, the second edition. Um, all this cool stuff we unveiled on you guys at once, let alone our new website, which has been over a year in development. Um, I wanted to take the time tonight, since it's been about a week after that launch, to give the floor to you guys and let you guys ask us questions on on all of this new stuff, what's been going on, um, and what uh, the process has been leading up to what went down, what craziness went down this past week. Um, so since a lot of these questions are directed at us, uh, or me specifically, um, I found it difficult for, my, for, for me to ask myself and answer the questions at the same time. So I brought in uh, one of our moderators, uh, Zach Mueller, who's on the line right now, I believe. Hello, hello. You may know him as Zach Monkey, uh, or uh, many girls call him the Anaconda. Um, there's a lot of names for him. He's, he's a that super, is, that's true. No one that's calls him that. True. But uh, I thought I'd bring him on the line here to moderate, um, uh, pun intended, this discussion and kind of help me choose the, the questions and give me some of the questions that we can answer in this podcast tonight. Um, we're going to get to as many questions as Zach can throw at me um, in the next 20 or 25 minutes or so. So uh, Zach, I'll give you the floor from here. and you can. Uh, we've already discussed this uh, for you guys that are listening at home. There is no questions that I told him that are off limits. Uh, you can ask whatever he thinks is the best of the best questions that you guys submitted. And uh, let's get going. All right, cool. I think the first question we're going to start off with uh, is actually the first post, or actually the second post, uh, disregarding your first post, uh, which I thought was a really good question, which is uh, by MagicMan1232. Uh, it's post number two. And the question is, why did you guys feel a site revamp was necessary? Um, this is a good question. I think there's a lot of factors that went into it. Um, the, the main thing was that we were just getting itchy, you know, it's like we, uh, after three, you know, we worked for a solid eight months on that original site that the original theory 11 site that launched August 31st, 2007, three years ago, or uh, two years and 50 weeks ago. Um, from today. So we worked for eight months on that. We were very happy with it. We thought we nailed the design of that because we barely changed anything about that site in the three years to come. So I thought that was a good indicator that we really did a good job that first time. We certainly worked our ass off and making it great. And uh, it lasted us, lasted us and we were happy with it. And it was uh, what I believe to you know set the, a new bar for magic sites and instructional magic sites a lot of other websites you know copied elements of it and took elements from it in the three years that 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 followed so i thought we did a great job but at the same time after a certain point we need to change and we have to look upon ourselves and say all right what did we do right um what do we suck at what do we want to improve um and look take all these things into consideration and then improve ourselves um, so our our new site we basically took a fresh look at everything we do how we organize our content um you know we started with six products if that and now we've got you know over 130 140 items that are uh, a lot of which you know we've shot edited everything in, entirely in-house ourselves over a very short time period so we thought how do we organize that stuff into a more logical 
arrangement and that's what this new site represented so it was a lot of factors like that that i would say but most of all we felt like it was time because you know it's three years it's not like we're changing things uh you know fast and furious and we spent a lot of time on making sure that what we uh what you're looking at now the final site redesign was something we were really really in love with so that's that's the story there Cool. Um, this next question, uh, I thought, these are actually two questions that kind of go together. Um, it's by uh, a forum member named Ian Edson and another forum member named Anthony. Uh, and Ian's question is, what inspired you to design these Sentinels? And as kind of a follow-up question to that, uh, Anthony asks, can you tell us a little bit about the inspiration of the new deck and its meanings? Because I know there's some really cool uh, stuff regarding the design and the meanings of the Egyptian kind of theme to it. Um, so could you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, there's never been a deck that I'm aware of that's been produced by us or anyone else that had this kind of research that went into design of it. Um, this deck was designed by us in association with a company called Hatch based in San Francisco. Uh, you can go to their website, it's hatchsf.com, and they are not a you know fly-by-night design firm. These are guys that work with Apple and Diesel and very large companies and doing amazing work and projects. Um, the we approached the design to these because Hatch owns a wine company that's called Jack Sellers, J A Q K Sellers, C E L L A R S, like wine cellar. Jack Sellers and Jack Sellers is called Jack Sellers because J A Q K. Everything is playing card themed. So if you go to their website, JackSellers.com, you can see all these wine bottles have this beautiful, elegant um, playing card artwork all over the sides of it. So I had stumbled upon their website. And I saw, wow, this is absolutely incredible. There's all this playing card artwork. Um, I wonder if these guys would be interested in doing another deck because they had already done one deck for the wine company, um, which is amazing, by the way. Um, so we contacted them. I talk, co talked to uh, Joel Templin, who's the principal there, and Katie Jane. And uh, we, we basically talked to them. And that began a series of eight months of design and research on playing cards. And they didn't just you know draw random squigglies and hope that it looked good. This was a deck that every uh, symbol has a meaning behind it. Every court card represents a specific monarch. Everything they're holding has a meaning to it. So this wasn't just a abstract deck that we pulled design you know, out of nowhere and thought, oh, that'll look cool. Everything here has a meaning to it. We've got around 15 pages of research in terms of explanation to what all of those symbols mean. We haven't released all that research yet, but we might in the future. I just think it's kind of more fun right now for people to take their own assumptions and run with it. Cool. Um, this next question um, comes from, oh, where was it now? Uh, this comes from Magic Zach, uh, not me actually, but uh, a different Magic Zach, um, who asks a really interesting question. He says, what can the team say in regards to themselves and being a part of Theory 11 has evolved the most overall in the past three years? I think it's getting close to four years now, isn't it? Um, since we started, uh, yes. I mean, you know, keep in mind, we launched our original site August 31st, 07. So that's three years from now. But we didn't start our company then. You know, that's when we launched our original um, flagship products um, at that time. But our, as a company, we started... Uh, several months before that. So we're getting close to three and a half years as a company together. So um, what has changed the most is what the question was asking. Yeah, yeah. What, what do you think you've accomplished most in the past three years, basically? I mean, our biggest accomplishment, uh, you know, aside from the products, the products are just, you know, 
uh, uh, kind of tools that we have used to build us as a company, but the biggest accomplishment we have is this community. You know, we've been able to build a community here that is not just young people in magic and it's not just old people in magic. It is truly exactly what we set out to create, which is a community where you've got guys like uh, Chris Kenner and Jason England um, and mixing those with the younger generation like Andre Jick and Dan and Dave and myself. And uh, for us to have created a community like this where you know, now, you know, let's say yesterday, for example, I went out to lunch with Bill Kalush and Bill Kalush is one of magic's most respected historians. He's, you know, he runs the Conjuring Arts Research Center in here in New York City. Um, so for, you know, for me as a young uh, person in magic to be mixing with guys like Bill Kalush or like Jason England, it, it's an amazing environment and a community we've created um, and fostered through this website. So undoubtedly, I'd say that's our, our biggest accomplishment. That's the biggest thing, you know, we have going for us moving forward. The products are great. And, you know, we obviously put, uh, you know, are all into making sure these products are the best of the best. And we truly um, focus on being a boutique and, and promoting quality over quantity. But the biggest thing I think we have is this vibe and this mission statement and the community. And that's that's the best thing we've created. Cool. Um, this uh, forum member, Matia, I think uh, is how it's pronounced. He asks, how Matia. many times... Matia! Matia! Uh, how many times uh, do you... Uh, how, how, I think he spelt this incorrectly, but I think the general gist of it was, how long do you, as, as Jonathan Payne, CEO of Theory 11, uh, how long do you spend on Theory 11, on the Theory 11 site uh, during one month? Um... How many hours or so about, let's see, there's 24 hours in a day. Let's do some quick math here. Uh, Yay, math time. <laughs> there's 24 hours in a day, um, of which around four or five I'm sleeping. So let's say that's 20 hours a day. And let's multiply that by 30 days in a month. That would equal about 600 hours in a month. Um, in these past months, honestly, that's that's been pretty reasonable with the amount of time we've spent into this. But uh, not just me. This has been, you know, I've I've been up till five o'clock in the morning on three or four occasions this past week with Andre Jick and editing a lot of these projects. I've had late nights with Dan White and figuring out which the pro what projects would be finished in time. And I've had late nights with uh, our support team, making sure that everything was in place on the support end on our new site. So literally, this was a completely team effort and making what happened this week happened uh, with the design of the new site, with development of the new site, with Richard um, to the products. So this wasn't just me. This was a, a full team effort. And there was a lot of times there where we did not think it was going to be at all possible or we thought we were going to have to be less ambitious, you know, and say like, oh, that's fine. We'll release smoke later. We'll release colorblind later. We'll do, we'll push back launch until the 31st. But we kind of stuck to our guns and really uh, hung in there and it was very rough and I haven't gotten sleep yet. Uh, today was like my first day of rest since we launched, um, but uh, it was worth it and we did it. So I'm, I'm very proud of not just myself, but the team that we have that made this happen. Yeah, and I just want to cut in there and say that uh, about three days ago, JV told me he was going to take a vacation this weekend uh, to, to, where was it? Where did you say you wanted to go? I was trying Miami. to go to Miami because uh, Luis de Matos, who's a great friend of mine, he's the organizer of EMC, he's a Portuguese magician, rock star in his own right. Uh, Luis de Matos, I never get to see him in person. Uh, I saw, I met him for the first time at Magic Live, and he's always in Europe because that's where he lives. Uh, but he was in Miami this weekend, and I'm like, Perfect. 
a great excuse for me to actually take a vacation <laughs> for the first time in forever and go to Miami and spend time with my friend Luis, and it didn't work out. So needless to say, I'm still here. But JV is here doing this podcast for you guys. Which is basically like Miami. the second best thing in the world to being on the beach in Miami, right? <laughs> yeah, of course. You know, sometimes I can't pick. Sometimes <laughs> I pick these things. Uh, the next question comes from a guy named CR Productions, who uh, JV and I have have been monitoring his post because he's been very excited about um, uh, a little something that happened with him with the whole promotional campaign that J11 has been doing for the new site. Uh, but he asks, uh, how was smoke picked up? Uh, and I think he means like, how did it kind of come about? Um, and I, I know that the, uh, the story on this is, is kind of interesting. So could you talk a little bit about that as well as um, how that idea kind of, kind of came, came about? Uh, yeah, smoke was something that uh, the first time I had seen it um, in, in person was uh, through Dan White. Dan White, our creative director at this time, uh, had seen it. He had spoken with uh, Alan Rorison, who's based in Glasgow, Scotland. And uh, you know, three weeks later, we actually had one in hand and uh, fell in love with the thing. We thought it was this was a brilliant utility device. We thought it had a million applications. You know, we, we were just crawling with different ideas. Uh, as soon as I had one in hand, I shipped one overnight to Chris Kenner in Vegas. Um, and uh, I didn't even tell Chris how to use it, what to do with it. I just put it in, in a FedEx envelope and sent it to him. And then he called me the next day like, like a schoolgirl, excited, playing with it. It was awesome. Uh, I went on Skype and I talked to Cyril Takayama in, uh, in Japan, Tokyo. And he was you know, loving it and saw, thought of a lot of ideas. I talked to Apollo Robbins. I talked to Steve Cohen. I talked to Luis D'Amatos. Uh, and Dan White obviously had many, many ideas on this. So we were very excited from the start. Um, but yeah, the question, getting back to the question, how did it come to us? It came to us uh, directly from Alan Rorison to Dan White uh, and therefore into um, the mix of our team. Cool. Um, the, the, I also want to kind of follow up that question um, with a question again by CR Productions, um, who I don't know how quickly or how, how much you want to delve into this, but he asks, who delivered the package to my door? So this is awesome. So what he's referring to for people that aren't aware that did not follow the, you know, the Circa Trova hunt uh, closely enough, which not everyone did, and that's fine. Um, the last, the final step, the first person to find the secret email address and email their address to that email address um, was the, the winner. We had, you know, five winners, but the first one was, um, was him. Um, and he, uh, he got at 11 o'clock at night on, what was it? A Sunday or a Monday night? Um, it was a Saturday. It was, no, it was, it was a Monday. It was, it was a Monday. It was a Monday night at 11 o'clock PM. Um, he, Casey is his name, got a, uh, his doorbell rang at 11 PM Eastern time on a Monday. And there was no FedEx truck there and there was no UPS truck there. There was no car there. Uh, there was just a book and I don't know if he's actually posted pictures of this, but there was a book that was left on his doorstep. Um, and he, you know, if he, he opened up the book, obviously, and inside the book, the book was hollowed out, the pages were cut um, in the center of the book, and inside of the hollowed out book was one deck of Sentinels, and it was the first deck that we had in hand straight off the press at, uh, at US Playing Card. Uh, the question, though, was not that. The question was who delivered it, and I'm not gonna answer because I wanna let the mystery remain. 
Well, the, the truth is, there's actually a pelican who <laughs> came from Alaska, um, which, by the way, is where the new U.S. plane car company is located, is in Alaska in a secret you know, cave. It is. Yeah, and then um, and then the pelican just came and delivered it to a store. That's it, it took that's a lot much... of training, but it, it was well worth the effort. Yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, it was actually pretty funny. I was I was skyping with Casey at the time, and he was ecstatic. It was it was really really cool. It was one of those things that we had this idea, um, and uh, we thought, oh, you know, it would be awesome if we hand delivered this deck to 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 Casey, and you know, over the course of forty eight hours or so, we. We, we put together the whole plan and we we executed on it and it was it was perfect casey never saw anyone near his house he never saw a car pulling away or screeching down the street it was or just, a pelican flapping away well he didn't hear the pelican the pelican was there but he didn't hear oh. the pelican, he didn't hear <laughs> pelican. see what you did there <laughs> okay this this uh, next question comes from lorenzo palati uh his name or his uh, question rather is uh, how much time did it take redesigning the site? And also, he asks, uh, "What do you, what do you do to keep your upcoming projects secret?" Quote unquote. We don't tell anyone. Uh, we're very <laughs> very secretive. Um, uh, everyone, anyone that works with or knows our team, kind of, we'll, we'll get that. Uh, with regard to the website itself, the new website, we've been working on this for literally a year. Um, we started a redesign process. You know, the the seed was planted in my mind. I want to redesign our site. I think we can do better now. There's new technologies I want to incorporate. There's new things I want to do. A year ago, uh, the first two months, we worked with a uh, design firm in Oklahoma, and we worked on a a lot of ideas for the the new site, and it looked really cool. Uh, you guys will never see it, and it will never see the light of day. Uh, we liked it a lot. We really did like it but we didn't love it. And there's a difference between that. And that, that parallels to a lot of things. Like, you know, there's a lot of tricks you might like, but you might not love them. Um, and there's a difference between that. If you know you're gonna pour your heart, your soul into something, whether you love it or not. And we didn't think that we loved that original redesign. So we scrapped it. We scrapped two months of full-time work. Uh, we threw it aside. No one's ever seen it. I don't even know if I even have those files anymore. And we started fresh with a new designer, and we did it all in-house um, with the one designer in California. And uh, we did everything custom, the entire site. We rethought how you know the navigation system works. That whole tricks section navigation is really is revolutionary for a magic site because if you think about it, um, people ask, and I'm sure there's a lot of questions here, why did you get rid of the one-on-one -on -one section? And here's why. It made no sense because if you think about it, it made sense within our own little magic world. But if you are someone, let's say you're new to magic and you want to learn a trick, an easy trick that you just can learn tonight. Um, if you want to do something to impress your friends, let's say you're just getting into magic for the first time. What would you click on our site, our old site? You click tricks, but tricks isn't the best place for you. You should have clicked one-on-one -on -one because you probably just wanted to learn a quick trick that's very easy. So maybe you would have liked invisible reverse, which is in you know Chris Kenner effect that's in the one-on-one -on -one section. So we realized we had a problem here because it wasn't logical. It wasn't making sense. So we said, how do we redesign our entire uh, site navigation system in a manner that makes sense and it works for people that are new to magic and are just getting into magic for the first time and someone you know, that might be in magic for five, 10 years already in you know, and knows exactly what they want. So we redesigned, we redeveloped that uh, kind of dashboard display system that allows you to search by 
uh, price, by ability level, by artist, by category of product, whether it's a card trick or a coin trick, um, by format, download, or, or, uh, or DVD, so that if you know what you're looking for, great, but for that beginner, they can just click card trick, easy, less than $10, and they're gonna instantly, without refreshing the page or anything, see exactly what they were looking for which is uh you know i think a great thing for to help people that are getting into magic for the first time very cool um a forum member named creeper asks um how does one go about creating a deck of cards uh and he says things like artwork uh working with the uspcc uh and etc um there's a few different ways um you know u.s playing cards is just one company u.s playing cards one company there's um, Cardamundi, um, you know, I've got cards in my hands right now that are from Cardamundi. They are, uh, they've got a factory now based in Texas, so they are USA based as well. Uh, they're not originally from here, but now they are. Um, there's Angel playing cards. There's uh, Fournier, which is owned by US Playing Card. They're in Spain. Uh, so there's a lot of different choices here. But in terms of design itself, um, US Playing Card doesn't just have one press. And a lot of people don't know this. Um, they've got multiple presses. They've got the digital press, which is the press that if you've ever heard about, uh, hey, I got you know 30 decks printed at US Playing Card of the design I was playing with, those 30 decks are printed on the digital press. And they might look okay, and they might be printed on bicycle-like paper, but they feel like vomit. Um, so, but, but whatever, you can get 30 pr decks printed on the digital press, and that's fine. Uh, it's essentially like going to Kinko's and printing a deck of playing cards. Um, the other press they have is called the sheet-fed press at US Playing Card. And the sheet-fed press is what it sounds like. The sheets are printed. Uh, they're fed individually into this press. It's sheet-fed, and the cards are then printed. And then later, after they're printed, they're put into a machine that finishes them, that rolls them, that puts the dimples into the cards that you notice and dries the finish. So that's the sheet-fed press. And then lastly, there's the casino press, which is called the web press. And the web press is different because it does the printing and the finishing in one step. And it's a different process. So I've been working myself and uh, a lot of other people as well. Richard Turner, uh, Jason England's had a hand in this, uh, in helping U.S. Playing Card figure out what's wrong with the sheet-fed press. Because the sheet-fed press, for whatever reason, and we're not sure, and I'm not sure, the cards don't last as long. They clump easier, faster. They don't handle under the elements well. Um, to give you a great example, the first edition Guardians were printed on the sheet-fed press at U.S. Playing Card. Um, and that speaks for itself. I mean, we're very transparent and honest with the fact that we weren't happy with the quality of, of those decks. And we've certainly uh, gone above and beyond to, to elevate our quality since then. So it's the difference between that and that. So right now, Theory 11 is the only company in Magic, uh, at least the only major company I'm aware of, that only prints on that casino press, the web press that does everything in one step. And that means the cards just last longer. They feel better. The, the side effect of that is that U.S. Playing Card has a minimum, uh, quite frankly, of how many cards you can print on that press. Because if they're printing Theory 11 cards on that press, that means they're not printing cards at that moment for the Wind Casino or the Bellagio or the Venetian in Las Vegas, you know, in huge runs of 100,000 decks or so. So it's expensive, and they require a lot of decks. But as far as I'm aware, uh, and as far as I've been informed, we are the only company that prints exclusively on that web press. And the reason why is we will not compromise anymore on quality, because uh, we know that this press is better than the other one. 
Um, so there's your choices. I just gave you a kind of a quick, uh, hopefully, rundown of how the printing process works at U.S. Playing Card, uh, given your choices of printing method. Um, there's, I don't know if anyone asked this, but this is a question I just kind of thought up, or not really a question, but I know this is a really interesting subject. Um, and could, could you talk about the box of the new Sentinels? Because I know there's a lot of really cool things about this new box that no one has really done before. Um, so do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, and it's ironic that you asked me that. Um, I talked to, to Zach, you know, the other guy on the line here, uh, often online, and there was a conversation, Zach, you might remember, when I sent uh, Zach a uh, deck of Stingers, I believe, to check out. Yeah, yeah, the second editions. Yes, this is the second edition Stingers, and Zach liked them. He, you know, Zach, I remember you had very positive things to say about them, but the one negative you said was that your box ripped. And you didn't even do anything to it. It was just like the box ripped. It was when I was opening the seal, the, the box was, was almost too thin or... Yes. Or... So this kind of, you know, I said, nah, how, did, how could that possibly happen? You must, you know, or it's a lemon deck or something's wrong with the deck. Uh, you know, I blamed everything but but uh, the, the boxes because, of course, you know, US playing card, you think, has been using the same boxes forever. This, why sure. Would... And then I looked into it um, because it bothered me. Um and what I found was U.S. Playing Card, I guess in an effort to reduce costs, uh, made their boxes thinner. At some point in the past year, they made their boxes thinner. Obviously, they've done a lot of other things that make no sense in the past year. They you know, made the pips smaller, but they fixed that, whatever. One of those things was that they made the boxes thinner. So I guess and also, in, a, in addition to them being thinner, they, it was, I don't know if you'd say embossed, but... How how the dimples are in a playing card? That same sort of feel was on the box, which in turn made the box even thinner. Yeah, and so it was just a thinner box, and and I looked into this, and I found out that it was printed in twelve point thickness. So I said, okay, uh, that's interesting. Uh, why'd you guys do that? And they were like, oh, well, that's how all of them are being printed now. So we weren't given a choice. It wasn't like we were being stingy with the stingers. That's just how they were printing boxes at the time. So that when when we came to doing the Sentinels, first off, I wanted to knock any other box that's ever been done out of the water. So that's why I'm holding a stinger box in my hand right now. It is uh, embossed as in like it sticks out um, in 20 different locations. So you can feel it with your fingers. It's got, you, you, you mean the Sentinel box, not the stinger box. Yeah, sorry. The Sentinel box is, is uh, embossed in 20 locations. It has metallic accents on six sides or more actually it might be seven or eight sides um and it's just you know completely tricked out box but the one thing that i remembered from that conversation with zach was why are those boxes so thin so we when we printed the stinger box we used paper that is 40 percent thicker than um the normal boxes that are printed at us playing card so the result is it's I not think you mean sentinels again yes i keep i don't know what i'm talking about uh the sentinel box we use uh box boxes now that are 40 percent thicker than the ones were used in those stingers so the sentinel boxes are much thicker and that doesn't mean they're bulletproof they're not going to be you know you can't like jump on them and they're not going to to bend but it means that you know they they you can feel it it feels like higher quality it's a matte finished box it feels like a lot more quality went into it and it'll last a little bit longer if you just keep it in your pocket it won't it it won't break as easily it's still made of paper um so it's not indestructible but it's better than it was before and it's 40% thicker Cool. Um, this is kind of a controversial question, uh, but I hope you're all right with me asking me uh, you this. Uh, this comes from a forum member uh, named FGAB4. Very easy to pronounce. Uh, and he asked, uh, 
He asks, why did you guys take two effects that were already released? Colorblind was released on Penguin Magic, and um, Smoke was released by Alan Rorson. And I know that there's, that's not exactly true. I know there's a lot of variations on a lot of different fronts, but uh, would you mind you know, delving into that a little bit? Sure. Okay, so I'll answer two of these separately. Um, first off, Colorblind. Uh, Colorblind was released. You know, it's not some hidden fact. We, started, we stayed at front and center on the product page uh, when... Luke Germain originally created this. Uh, I was standing in Chris Kenner's kitchen with uh, uh, Jason England. Um, Andre Jick was there. There's a lot of. Uh, it was a party at Chris Kenner's house. Um, I think it was a costume party, I believe. Um, and Luke fooled everyone at the house. Luke fooled everyone with this effect. So that was the first time I encountered this, and this was years ago. Um, it was at least two years ago. Uh, since yeah, and then, I actually remember when I met you uh, two or three years ago, you actually were describing that effect to me, and you're like, "Have you seen this new Luke Germain thing?" It bugged me because he, of course, he didn't tell me how it worked. So he, you know, it bugged me for for weeks or months. That's what happens when I see effect I love. So um, it bugged me then, and so later, you know, Luke uh, released the original handling, which is brilliant. Uh, and that's what is in that uh, DVD produced by Penguin Magic, who we were very friendly with. That's not some hidden fact. We stated on the product page. Um, and that is the original handling. And he has some other ideas in that too. But it was all in all, it was the original handling, which is great. Uh, what Colorblind is, is that original handling plus, plus, plus. Uh, we've got five different methods that are in Colorblind. It's not just the original handling. So there's an impromptu handling in there. There's a handling with a borrowed deck. Um, there's a handling with another type of gimmick that's not included um, with the original DVD. So it's not this, not just the same. It's not like the original DVD plus five minutes at the end of it. It is an entirely separate project. It's been refilmed. There's new ideas in it. And it's, you know, quite frankly, just recorded two years later. So there's a, you know, a year and a half later. So there's a lot more finesse and polish put into it. But if you, you know, if you want that original method, the original DVD is great, and it has that in it. Ours is just an updated handling with a few more methods. Uh, Smoke. Smoke was put out, uh, I think Alan Rorison maybe released 100 units. So this was not something that was released. You could not find this at your local magic shop and, and, and find it. He released it. A few people had it. Uh, Tony Chang, I remember in New York City, had one. He sold it at Blackpool. It was not a mainstream release. So when we saw this, it was in its very infancy. I don't even think people had ever received those units that he had originally sold. Secondly, the smoke that we are selling, uh, the smoke package, the gimmick, is not the same as the one that Alan Rorison was originally selling. Um, ours went through a lot of research. We custom developed the gimmick for ours. We believe it to be much higher quality than the originals. Uh, we know that they are. We've tested it. Uh, and it's also, we believe that they're safer. We used a specific manufacturing facility for the final smoke gimmicks because we believed that the safety reassurances that they gave us were far uh, above what any other facility was able to provide us with. So it was safety, it was durability, and it was quality. And, you know, the effect really had never been seen. No one I'd, I've showed this to has ever seen it before. So it's not a re-release, I wouldn't say, by any stretch. Okay, how many more questions do you think we should do? Let's take a few more, and then let's try to wrap this up. All right. Uh, this question comes from Asher F. Uh, he asks, oftentimes people are very critical of their own work. Actually, that is the often the most case. Um, are you proud with how the changes that you've made uh, have you know, played out, or did any fall short of your hopes and expectations? 
Um, it's very difficult for anything we do to fall short of anyone on our team's expectations because we are so collaborative. There's very little that we do in terms of a deck of playing cards, a trick, uh, a design on the website that doesn't get in front of everyone's eyes before it, or at least a lot of people's eyes before you guys see it. So with the Sentinels, you know, I'll play with the design. I remember playing with that design on my iPhone. I'll send it to Chris or I'll send it to Dan White or I'll send it to, you know, anyone else that's on our team. And if they don't like it, they will point blank tell me it sucks. No one on our team has any, you know, hesitation in disagreeing with each other. That's how, you know, we work together. So um, it's very difficult for us to release something or, or complete a project or anything we do without a lot of, ideas fused into it. I love our new site. I love it. I realize it is a far departure from what we've had before, but um, it's easier for me to browse. It's it's faster loading. It works on iPhones, iPads, iPod touches, um, the forums. You know, it's light. It's easy on the eyes. You can quickly skim these threads. We maintain a, you know, it's still extremely modern and high end. It's not like it's a, you know, bare bones, minimalistic site at all. It's got a lot of really cool, slick features. Um, and the, you know, we have a hair of that grunge and underground still present. If you notice the stripes that are behind the, everyone's usernames, uh, in a forum post or, uh, kind of the sides of the website. So we tried to infuse elements of, of who we are, um, into this new site, but also make it more appealing, uh, more mainstream appealing. We, magic is not a Gothic thing. And I feel like a lot of people could con very easily confuse our old website with something that is Gothic or, you know, off-putting and magic shouldn't be like that. Magic should be modern and it should be, it can be edgy, but it need not be off-putting to this, you know, to the point of being weirder than magic already is. So with our new site, we tried to, uh, to advance on that. So I think that was, that was the goal there. And I'm, I'm, I'm a hundred percent happy with it. There's the, the, you know, the, I'm looking at the, the forms right now, even this, the way you buy things on our site where it, and you can add something to your cart from any page on the site, it follows you, you know, you've got that card at the top, the entire experience of, of, of learning magic and buying magic and, and downloading magic and talking on our site has been changed. And I think it's a lot for the better. Cool. Um, there's a question from Magic Monkey or the Magic Monkey seven seven seven. We got a poser. Someone what? else. We got two. Someone trying to impersonate the monkey. Okay, we're we're having a battle. We need to um, change your 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 username to Zach Gorilla as of right now. <laughs> right now, change it. By the time this podcast is done, that will be changed. <laughs> Um, and uh, another question by BMW Magic Tricks. They both ask kind of the same thing, which is, um, is smoke dangerous? And is smoke not recommended for kids? Um, and, uh, yeah, that's basically the basic gist of that question. But it's really interesting um, how that actually... Uh, I'm, I'm interested to hear what you have to say about that without revealing the method. Um. But... Yeah, I'm not I'm not too terrified of revealing much about smoke. Uh, smoke's the type of thing that I could tell you exactly what the gimmick is. And honestly, if you tried to make it yourself, A, it wouldn't be safe. B, it would cost you more than our gimmick costs. 
Uh, I yeah, being... and I, I personally think that if, if I knew the method beforehand, I would want to buy it even more. The method is just it's so really cool, right? incredible. It's, yeah. I remember I was at a restaurant called Ninja, which is an awesome restaurant in New York City, by the way, with just incredible and uh, a guy named Vinny DePonto. Vanishing Vinny is his stage name. And I sh I, that was the first time uh, I showed someone else in person the smoke gimmick, and they wanted to buy it off me on the spot. And I said, no, we're still working on it. We need more work and perfect this thing. So about the safety, let's talk about that first because that's the most important thing we lost sleep over this thing we uh we got bids from multiple companies and manufacturing facilities on uh that wanted to produce this thing for us and then the 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 sticking point was safety because there were there are um if produced correctly and and in the right fashion this is a hundred percent safe uh the smoke is not smoke so this is not um you're not producing cigarette smoke uh, marijuana smoke, crack, crack smoke, uh, hair crack smoke. <laughs> yeah. You're not producing, you know, like real smoke from your mouth. That's not what's happening. That's what looks like happens. That's not what's happening. It's vapor. And the vapor is made entirely of organic compounds. It's two organic compounds actually. Um, and both of these when manufactured, it's a hundred percent safe. However, you know, there's a lot of things that can, uh, make that not safe. If the equipment it's manufactured on is not sterile, for example, if the equipment that it's manufactured on is used for other products uh, that maybe aren't just safe. So there's a lot of things like this that most companies would not think of that we did. And we said, you know, all right, well, we're, we're you know, we're, we're promoting this to people. We're using this ourselves. We want to make sure this is as safe as we can possibly, you know, find it. So that's what we did. So we changed vendors uh, a few times. And the one that we finally decided on is literally three times the cost of the original, um, uh, prototype that we had the, in terms of raw materials it's three times as expensive uh, and it's really high end and once you feel the gimmick in hand you realize it's something that is amazingly well made and well crafted and engineered and I, I loved it that there was a forum post yesterday that said I got the smoke uh, product in the kit in and I thought they forgot to put the gimmick in the package and then he realized what the gimmick was and that it was in the package and that made him love it even more um, so it's awesome. It's great. It's very durable. It lasts you a long time. We give you enough materials for a thousand performances or something like that. Um, and yes, we do recommend it only for 18 or older because uh, you are producing smoke, whether it's vapor or not, out of your mouth. So it's not a good image for us. Uh, it doesn't make parents like us if we're teaching you know, kids about smoking. We obviously don't condone smoke. Uh, real smoking by any means. I think it's disgusting. I, I, I uh, any, any of our artists that actually do smoke around me, real cigarettes, I give them crap all the time because I just, it's my least favorite habit. Um, but aside from that, we, we have that 18 or older uh, restriction just because we don't want to encourage young people uh, to go from smoking something as benign as this uh, to smoking or thinking that smoking is cool. So that's why we have that restriction. Cool. Um, I think we, uh, we have time for one more or yeah, two more let's go for uh two more and then we'll, we'll call this a wrap so let's make them let's make them count all right cool um someone asks uh feed asks will theory 11 ever make their own gaff deck um interesting point uh we have no current plans to do so um but i, I mean i wouldn't entirely rule it out i would just say it's not on our immediate pipeline Okay, and then someone else asks, uh, and I, I can't find it for the life of me, but uh, this is a very, very good question, I think, to, to close on, which is, you know, you guys have just released 
five, which is actually seven. It's seven in total new releases, right? Uh, if you include the new site as a release, which I do, yeah. Yeah, um, so you've just released seven new things. What do you have planned for the next few months? Um, rest. <laughs> and point. Miami. Yeah, hopefully. That would be great. And I need at least you know a day of rest. Uh, I feel like the rest of our team is getting that right now. Uh, Dan White, I believe, is resting. I made Andre go completely MIA for uh, one or two days so that he could rest up after this. I promised him that if he made all of our deadlines and finishing these videos that he could rest. Uh, but that's important because if you don't rest, your mind doesn't have a chance to work and think straight. Um, but so I, I think we need to do a little bit of uh, resting. But we aren't honestly going to do too much because we've got the new Smoke and Mirrors V5 coming very soon. Those are going to be on the press at US Playing Card very soon. Uh, some people have been talking about those already. Um, one of those seven releases that you had mentioned referred to is not out yet, actually. It's the uh, iPhone iOS 4 version of Rising Card. Um, so it's the Chris Kenner's Rising Card app that we re-engineered we recoded from the ground up to work with the new iphone operating system so that will be out very soon we're hoping to submit that to apple monday or tuesday of this coming week is our goal we'll see if we can make that happen um we've got a new one-on-one -on -one, uh, scheduled for next week so we don't rest much we're not good at sleeping if there's one thing that people can fault us on we're not good at resting or resting on our laurels or thinking that you know wow we just released six things we're gonna go to like miami or hawaii for three weeks and get chill peace <laughs> Uh, we're not good at that just because, you know, uh, I feel like we have to constantly be innovating and and moving forward and, and kind of pushing the envelope within this industry. So, um, yeah, we've got a lot of stuff. We've got a lot of playing card things up our sleeves. We've got a lot of new downloads and new artists coming. Uh, I think next week's one-on-one -on -one will be from Jesse Feinberg. I think the week after that, we've got one scheduled from Chris Mayhew. Will be Chris Mayhew's first release at Theory 11. Uh, Chris Mayhew is hilarious and he's also brilliant. Um, so that's exciting for me as well. He's also the most huggable person in the world. Huggable, you said? Huggable. He yeah, is the he's... most huggable person in the he, world. Yeah, he's the one that just shaved his head live on iTricks about two weeks ago. He's hilarious. Um, so we've got that and, and a lot of other exciting things coming on. There's so much that's going on in the industry right now that's exciting for me. And I talked to um, Dan Sperry uh, yesterday about you know, his adventures on America's Got Talent. So if you guys are, are listening to this around the time that we're recording it here, um, be sure to watch that this coming week. He's, he's amazing. And honestly, it's, it's very refreshing for someone as original as Dan Sperry. And honestly, someone is that nice of a guy to, to be getting some, some good attention and time in the spotlight like he is right now. So congrats to him. Um, but yeah, stay tuned to the site and, um, and see what we've got cooking and get used to the new site. I realize, uh, if there's one thing I can close this podcast on, I realize, what we did is a big departure and we did it with no warning. We didn't tell anyone that we're releasing our entire new site. Some people suspected it, but we didn't tell anyone or give you guys a sneak peek. We realized that we kind of pulled the bandaid off really quickly. Uh, so we were expecting some people to say, Oh, whoa, 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 wait a minute here. I like the old site or I like it being dark and mysterious. We were expecting that. Uh, luckily we were wrong and 99.9% .9 of all the comments I've seen on our new site are amazingly positive and very uh, inspiring to me, especially after all the work we put into this. But there's been a few guys, you know, uh, I remember seeing a post yesterday by Mitchell Stupich, Mitchell Stupich, Mitchell Stupich. 
uh, who's been a, a member of ours since the very beginning. And he was Mitchell hesitant. Staffier. Yes, yes. Uh, and he was hesitant on, uh, you know, pr- on c- proclaiming his undying love for our new site design. And and I would expect that honestly. He was he's one of the guys from the very beginning. And if we didn't love our old site design, we wouldn't have launched with that old site design either. So you know, it it took time um, to to fall in love with this new site design and realize why it's better and why it's a better image for us. Why it's a better image for Magic. Um, you know, it's modern. It's still sleek, but it's not off putting. And I think it's a it's a better image for Magic. So, and it's, you know, it, and we've, we've gotten used to it over the past year. I realize some of you members, it's going to take a little bit longer than, you know, a day or two to get used to, uh, what is a pretty radical new design. So anyways, um, thanks to Zach for, uh, helping us tonight record this thing. I'll, uh, Thank you for having me on. It was great. It was great. So hopefully we were able to answer a lot of questions from you guys in the forums. If we missed over your question, uh, apologies, blame Zach. Uh, send him private messages. It's all my fault. It's all my fault. Yeah, if, if you love the podcast, be sure to. Oh send wait, it. are we going to? Are we going to choose someone? Uh, I'll do that in the forum thread right after. Um, all right, we'll see you, who gets it. Yeah, if if you love love the podcast tonight, you can uh, you can email me and let me know, or private message me. If you hated it, you can let Zach know. Uh, yeah, all me, all me. <laughs> but no, in all seriousness, if you guys have any questions we did not answer in here that are very important, um, I'll try to go in the thread later tonight and answer some additional questions. But for now, we're going to call it a wrap. And that has been this week's Saturday Night Contest, uh, one week after launch of our new site. So thanks again to Zach, and uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. Peace.